you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books, then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm David and I'm joined tonight by Andrew. What's up everybody? And Marisha. How's it going? So it's probably been a couple weeks now by the time you're hearing this since this announcement was made. But, um, well, basically two days ago from the point of recording this, I was thinking to myself, oh man, I have no idea what we're going to talk about on the podcast this week. But then Ryan Reynolds posted a very entertaining video to Twitter announcing Deadpool 3, calling it officially the first Deadpool movie in the MCU. Yep. And then the big reveal was that Hugh Jackman's Wolverine will be reprising Hugh Jackman will be reprising his role as Wolverine in Deadpool 3 which is coming September 2024. Yeah. Shocked but also not cuz I think I've caught it on this podcast like I think we're going to see Hugh Jackman's Wolverine at least one more time. Mm-hmm. And now in excuse me, in hindsight, I guess it was kind of obvious that I I should have guessed, oh yeah, it might be in Deadpool 3. I just I it, I didn't see that coming. And so I think that that's really, really cool. What are, what are you guys' first reaction to Hugh Jackman is returning as Wolverine in Deadpool 3? Okay, so starting with the disclaimer that I have not actually watched a Deadpool movie here for two, I'm really excited and will watch this one because Hugh Jackman is going to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do recommend the first Deadpool movie. The second Deadpool movie is just Deadpool one again mm. so you know i i liked it but it, it's not nearly as good the first deadpool movie is, is is a pretty good comic book movie though i would say and I, I think it's actually kind of funny i don't think the second one's very funny there aren't as many like good jokes in it but i do recommend it but yeah you know that's a good point there are a lot of people who probably feel the same way that's like i did not give a crap about the deadpool movies but hugh jackman's wolverine yep uh, uh, Andrew, what, what was your reaction? <clears throat> I'm excited about it. You know, it was we were all kind of left wondering what was going on when it wasn't mentioned at San Diego Comic-Con or at D23. I thought it was funny that he actually referenced that. That Sorry, we couldn't get it ready for D23. And all yeah. it is is him sitting on his sofa talking about it. But I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do, and how they're going to... I'm just curious how you introduce this character into the MCU and how you use... Deadpool or Wolverine? That's exactly what I was wondering. Well, that's the thing. I'm curious to see how they're going to introduce Deadpool in, but then in in doing so, I'm really curious to see exactly what they're playing because obviously we're going to get a Earth-616 Wolverine at some point. Like if they're going to do mutants yeah. at some point, they're going to give us a, we're going to get a new Wolverine. So I'm really curious to see what they do with him in this film. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think this is going to be like our prime Wolverine in, in six one six. Like, I think we'll get this and then later we'll get a different Wolverine. Yeah. Who's actually from six one six. My early prediction, this is just my early pure speculation is this, uh deadpool is traveling the multiverse it'll be the actual multiverse of madness Mm -hmm. and uh he goes to one where there's hugh jackman wolverine and then at the end of the movie 
he ends up in the MCU without Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. And now he's in the MCU. That is pure speculation, though. I, I, I don't know. Um, so... I, I can see them, the way they do things, they're going to do something kind of weird and silly, and they're going to have him just like, you know, step into Earth 616 and just like be super meta and on the nose with it and let it, and that's going to be it. He's just going to, at the end of the movie, step into 616. Or they will do something to, to riff on or rip off one of the previous movies. And I thought it would be really funny if I was going to make an outrageous guess for how he's Deadpool's going to get to earth 616. They're going to do something weird and silly, and it's going to play on how a piece of the symbiote got left in earth 616 mm. at the end <laughs> of Spider-Man. Like a piece of Deadpool's body. Yeah. Gets like and it's just going to regenerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that be he's in six one six. A piece of him gets chopped off. Then he goes back to his own universe, and then that piece of him regenerates into Deadpool. Now there's two Deadpool's. Right. Just one of them is over in his in his own world, and now we got this one. That's really funny. Yeah, I actually kind of love it. I didn't think about that, but that's great. I would be down for that. Because that all that does that always has been the problem with Deadpool's powers is like if you cut them in half. Do both parts regenerate? <laughs> right. I don't know. So that's mm. that's funny. Um, now he did make a they did make a follow up video later that same day, and it was pretty funny. I don't know if you saw this one. I did. Um, yeah. yeah, but Marisha, did you see it? I did. Yeah, I actually saw so, it before Andrew did. Nice. So for the audience, um, it's just they started talking like. The joke was like, here's how everything happens. And then they start speaking. And then what song starts playing? Do you remember? I can't remember which song it plays. In I know. It's, 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 it was two different songs. They, um, we did all, um, I will always love you in the first one. Yeah. Um, right, I don't remember what song they used in the second one. And they were just playing a funny song over them talking about the plot. And they Something were about a jitterbug. Like, Oh yeah, it was Jitterbug. Yeah, yeah. Which is like what? <laughs> Just the most random song choice. Yeah, wake me I up. I think it's. And then, and then at the end, it was "Wake Me Up" before you go. The same song. Oh, it is the same song. Yeah. Oh. Right. I I I understand that nothing gets the same song, but yes, it is who, the same song. Who knew? You, I've only ever heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've only ever heard the second part. All they say at the very beginning, what we do get a piece of is. You're, so you're wondering, how does this tie into Logan? Well, Logan takes place in 2029, completely different thing, and then Jitterbug starts. Mm -hmm. So we did get that little piece of information. Right. It's which still, I, I think it's still was them its own thing, like, yeah. Going to the Logan universe, like resurrecting Logan or something. Yeah. Um, I do think it's a missed opportunity if the movie does not start with Deadpool at Logan's grave from Logan and being like, <sighs> and like crying. And they've been like, wait a minute. This is a movie. I can just go to a different or something like that. Mm. But yeah, so not not connected to Logan, uh, which Logan was like may or may not have been connected to the other X-Men movies. It's kind of its own thing anyway. Mm, yeah. My pure speculation is that it's just going to be. It's going to be how like how Colossus showed up in Deadpool one where Deadpool's doing his own thing. And then this member of the X-Men comes and joins the joins the movie. Right. That's what I would guess. I'm also really hoping for like just how Colossus got like an actual X-Men costume. I'd love it 
if Wolverine got an X Men costume, like something, man, yellow yellow spandex, yellow spandex. Well, once upon a time we did see it. I know, we saw just the suit, not Hugh Jackman in the suit. Yeah, just the suit. And then they cut it from the theatrical league. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, that this is one of the big announcements everybody's uh, been waiting for, and I I think they've got the right people on board to do something really fun with it. I know there's a lot of people that are already going, oh, it's in the MCU, it's gonna suck. What? Oh, because it's not gonna be able to be vulgar enough, or graphic enough, or violent enough, or something. Well, the MCU has sucked since Endgame, apparently. So. Oh. That, yeah, that's that's yeah, the that's word. the story, apparently. The MCU. <laughs> yeah i mean here's the thing you're gonna start doing like a peewee's playhouse thing on youtube and every time anyone posts that that's the secret word anytime someone posts it in the chat we all scream <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's really good but he- so here's the thing like deadpool 3 it's it's gonna barely be in the mcu yeah, I think that. No, I do. I do like that. The, he literally said the words MCU, so it's like okay, so it is. We love like, you, Kevin Feige. Yeah, I love that the, <laughs> the music cuts out for the uh, for the the round of "We Love You, Kevin Feige." Yeah, <laughs> that was great. But yeah, it's it's just, it is very exciting. I I my response when I first saw it was that Hugh Jackman has played Wolverine one more time, like five times <laughs> now, right? So will this even be his one more time? I uh, I'll have to see the movie to be for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in this and then he shows up in Secret Wars. I was gonna say they can like Secret Wars could give them excuses to bring back all kinds of people, mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire and Wolverine. Well, I mean, we could even see we could even see uh, Tony Stark back. Yeah, Tony. Let's get Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and Tobey Maguire's Spider Man and Hugh Jackman Wolverine. And the the old Fantastic Four movies too. Let's get all those in there. Yeah, sell the hell out of some tickets. What'd you say, Marisha? I said they'd sell the hell out of some tickets. Yeah, I mean, I that I would love to see Tobey Maguire and Hugh Jackman's characters interact because you know that was those were at at the, at the same time. Like they were always so mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. yet so far. Yeah, and, and that was always the dream is like when are we gonna see. You know, there's this in the first X Men movie. There's like a behind the scenes thing of, of like Spider Man like just jumping into the shot. It's like a blooper. Like it's just some guy in a cheap Spider Man costume mm-hmm. like jumping in, and then everyone laughs. But it's like, oh my god, we were so close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Spider Man and Wolverine's interactions, I think, are some of my favorite in comics, and yeah. like are much better than like Deadpool and Wolverine. Like you know, Deadpool Wolverine or even Spider Man and Deadpool, but like. Spider-Man and Wolverine are 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 top tier characters to interact with each other. I mean, they're um, pretty much like polar opposites. It's like the ultimate cynic and the ultimate optimist. Yeah, and you know, Spider-Man's all quippy, but they're, they're both so quippy. Not. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, different brands and, of it. Different brands of quippy, right? Look, my favorite, one of my favorite moments uh, between them is it's it's in the New Avengers comic run and they're fighting the dark Avengers and a member of the dark Avengers is Wolverine's son. He's like the dark version of Wolverine. So they're, they're looking at him and they go, they're going like, and who's their Wolverine. And Wolverine says, it's my son. And everyone is like silent. Cause nobody knew he had a son. And he's like looking really sad. Everyone's really silent. And we get like 
a page of like just their express of their, their reactions and then the next page is spider-man the first thing anyone says spider-man goes someone had sex with you <laughs> yeah that's so i really would love to see uh spider-man and wolverine interact yeah there's also a great pe- this is this is from the ultimate comic books but it's um so gene gray is like mad at wolverine so she swaps Peter Parker and Wolverine's uh, consciousness, um, like swaps their their brains. Oh, that's funny. Just a mess with Wolverine, mm-hmm. and it's it goes horribly wrong. Um, it's not good for for either of them. Uh, and when it gets swapped back, Spider Man's at the X Mansion and he's yelling at them, and he goes, "You know what? People don't dislike you because you're mutants. No one cares that you're mutants." We don't like you because you're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and it like curses them out. It's really funny. That's pretty um, funny. Anyway, yeah. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine again, and that's cool. Well, it's going to be fun. That, they've been teasing that forever. Like, Well, I mean, know. in... Hugh Jack, no, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds were the one that had like the, the, the like long running Twitter feud, right? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking. Yeah, mostly. Well, it's not a real feud. It's just them being. No, right. Super extra, and like they seem like actual friends. Yeah, yeah I no, think I think so. they're. I think they're good friends. Uh, the funny thing is, there. Did y'all see the meltdown that John Krasinski caused? <laughs> yeah. During all of that. Yeah, I did. No, what because did he, he has a movie coming out in that same year, one that he's wrote and is directing, with him. Ryan Reynolds and several other people. It's going to be a, a, a comedy. And, but when he saw, like, so his react, his response to the tweet was, is this our movie? <laughs> oh, no. Is this, wait, is this our movie? And everybody's heads exploded. Uh-huh. Oh, we're getting John, John Krasinski's Mr. Fantastic and Deadpool and Wolverine all in one movie. Well, yeah. I mean, if, you know, it's it's a world where playing the Twitter game is the way to get publicity, and uh, he certainly did that. Hey, and he? they're all now all of a sudden everyone knows that he's got a movie coming out next year. Yep. Yeah, and they're all they're also all buddies though. And and the thing is, I'm pretty sure when it comes to these Deadpool films, that Ryan Reynolds pretty much gets what he wants. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he gets to make all the announcements on his Twitter page. Who else gets to do that? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Those announcements are coming from his personal Twitter page. Mm-hmm. And wasn't he? Then he like in the video, wasn't he literally drinking his aviation gin? Yes, yes he's pouring it in a coffee mug. Yeah, the <laughs> shame of self promotion. I'm surprised he didn't mention Mint Wireless. I am too. Uh, I was a little surprised. I was trying to look. Uh, what do y'all think about the director, uh, Sean Levy? Did he do the other two? Hmm. I don't think so. It's mostly a producer, it looks like. Any relation to the levies from... um... Tim Miller did the first one. Okay. I believe he also did the second one. Any relation to the levies? No, David Leach did the second one. From... um... So this is the guy, he's done a number of episodes of Stranger Things. Actually, he's been the EP on all of Stranger Things. Shadow and Bone. Okay. Uh, he's the EP on the Adam project. Wow. He he has done a shit ton of stuff. He was the producer on the Adam project. Free guy. uh, Free guy. 
did a bunch of last man standing episodes. He's got a kind of weird but stuff. look at look at his announced product. Sesame project. Street. Right. But it, I don't even know what that is. Like, but he's got in just in like unreleased. So this is unreleased stuff. This is either stuff that hasn't come out yet that's that's either in production and hadn't come out yet or is scheduled. Uh, in pre-production. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 projects. He's a busy man. He's been on the producer on lots of things I like. By the way, how likely is it that Ryan Reynolds somehow gets the kid from the Atom Project into the MCU? Uh, I mean, I'd call it a real possibility. He seems to be having a real good time He's with that kid. I'd say yeah. at this point, like, they just they that they need somebody needs to grab that kid while they can. Yeah, because he's he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a big thing. Yeah, because he's gonna be in that Percy. He's, he's Percy Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Which is already Disney, so that's already a foot in the door. You got Ryan Reynolds, who's about to become it, uh, the MCU's biggest star, officially MCU's biggest star, who's gonna have you know big headway with Kevin Feige. I think it is very possible that before we know it, we're getting an announcement that that kid's playing uh, maybe one of the younger mutants. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's the thing uh, is like, you know, that's how the old is he? Walker Scoble is currently 13 years old. 13. All right. I and mean, if we're getting, it'll probably be a four years from now till we get an X-Men movie. He'll be 17. He can play one of like the first class mutants. Let him be Angel or something. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out names, but that'd be cool. I think it's very much a possibility. Yeah. Um, that's the thing is you could see all all sorts of people wind up in the MCU through a Ryan Reynolds project. Um, you you could even see his uh his new buddy Rob McElhenney show up. Since they decided to buy a soccer team together. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Very uh, possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, any other thought? Any other thoughts on this Deadpool uh, three announcement before we move on to some more MCU news? Not really. Uh, I'm just I'm glad we finally got the announcement, uh, and I, I'm especially glad we got the announcement in light of what we're going to be talking about next. Yeah. So Andrew, how about you run down the uh, recent. Uh, blade drama for us please all right so there's a couple of different things happening there all right so there's a couple of things going on with the blade film blade is actually scheduled to start filming in november like so we're we're just over a month from when they were supposed to go into the studio and start filming this and director uh basim Tariq has left the project as of yesterday, I, from what I understand, from everything I've read, he will still be on as an executive producer, but he is no longer the director. So less than like six weeks out from going into the, going into the studio, they don't have a director. Wow. That's crazy. Um, I, I don't want to change subjects, but I just want to go ahead and say this so I don't forget and we can circle back to it. Uh, an hour ago, Marvel Entertainment tweeted that armor wars is no longer going to be a tv show it's going to be a film dang yeah i saw that because i got a notification that uh cam ray from cam ray semi productions liked it <laughs> all right you know how like twitter will sometimes give you the random like 
rent. Oh, this person liked this. Yeah, Check it out. Yeah. Just coincidentally, I got that notification. So nice. I checked my phone to see. Well, um, thanks, Cam. Thanks for liking that. You thanks, liked Cam. it just in time. Yeah. That's crazy. We'll circle back to that though and talk about what that might mean. But yeah, Blade, um, that is, yeah, it's a little disheartening because it, it's, it's been a while since a Marvel film had anything that dramatic happen. It's not even like uh, dramatic's not really the best word. Um, anything, any, any bump like that. Yeah. The, I guess you could say the only like, thing that's like even close was when Edgar Wright left the Ant-Man project. But even that right. wasn't like this. This doesn't seem good. Like I, something's off here. Edgar Wright's whole deal was he got involved with Ant-Man back in the, it's like so early in the MCU that by the time they started actually went through all the test phases and everything of trying to figure out how to make everything look and got ready to start filming, the MCU had just blown up into this massive connected universe and their concept, his concept, no longer worked in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of said, to, you know, he just kind of let them take it and and redevelop it to fit in the MCU. Um, back when he started on it, it was going to be kind of something he was just going to kind of be able to do it his way. And yeah. of course, we know that's really not how something like the MCU works in its entirety. I, I do think that they give some of these people a lot of freedom to make their movie, um, more so than some other studios. But it's still it's still a franchise property, and and that's really not Edgar Wright's thing. Uh, now this guy, like this guy, has very little on his, you know, to his name. He's never done anything big. I was really kind of questioning when he got hired, what his credentials for doing something like Blade were. Yeah. So recently, I just remembered that recently there was a thing. I think, I think there was a hot second where John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man movies in the MCU was going to direct Fantastic Four. I might be misremembering that. So, okay. He was, they had him down and, and we found out at Star Wars Celebration what actually happened there. Uh, He's shifting studios for at least for the time being, I think he's absolutely coming back to the MCU, but mm-hmm. was handed the opportunity to direct a Star Wars TV series. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Well, yeah, but that's the only thing where it's like there was a director and then they changed, but they don't start shooting Fantastic Four in like two months or right. whatever it is you said. Yeah, it's less yeah, than two months. That's not good at all. That they that they lost a director like that. I don't know why a director would leave like that unless there was some sort of serious drama happening on set that that caused him to well, do that. There is some connected loot. There is some connected news here as far as as what may be going on. And I and I'm gonna read some of this. Um, there were a couple of sources that reported that Mahershala Ali is very unhappy with the script and is very unhappy that it has taken them this long to start from filming the project. So, so we know the script has gone back at least two times. I'm seeing some places saying three times to, to be rewritten. And Mahershala Ali apparently made some comments recently that the, that the script only has two 
kind of lackluster action sequences in it. And yeah, and I think I read that it's only like a hundred and sixty pages long or something like that. Oh no, uh, the 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 most recent report and all this came out yesterday, all or or today. Like this is all news that came out after the announcement that the director was was leaving. This one mm-hmm. literally says this as I'm told. This is uh, Jeff Snyder. I'm not sure who he's with, but it says, I'm told that the current Blade script is roughly 90 pages and features exactly two lackluster action sequences. Mahershala is said to be very frustrated with the process. Faggy said to be spread too thin. That is, it's genuinely shocking to hear that coming from an MCU movie because it's usually such a tightly run ship over there. And I I guess Um, it does bring up the question, it is... Have they gone too far with the content? Are they putting that's out, been are a they thing putting people out have too been much? saying for a while? Yeah. That like because and I, I, I will say I like the MCU still, but like overall, I'd say the quality of content has gone down since endgame. There well, there's been highs and lows, but overall this phase has been the most lackluster phase in my opinion. And I still think it's good, but overall it's gone it's gone down, I think. And yeah. there are there is a lot of content that they're chugging out and I think you can clearly see it reflected in the visual effects that there's a lot of issues with that. Um, I haven't had a really a chance to talk about She-Hulk on the show, but there have been some real like writing missteps I'm seeing with She-Hulk person, like just straight up plot holes in its own show. Yeah. Let's, like, let's talk about that for a minute. Cause you hadn't had an opportunity to talk about that. We're, we're well into that mm-hmm. series. So let, let's yeah. talk about that. Let's 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 use that as a spot to kind of look at the MCU and and what they may or may not be doing right here. I think the idea that the MCU is spread too thin and Kevin Feige in particular can be represented in She-Hulk. I mean, I think She-Hulk is good. I'm enjoying the show, but it is just not up to the same quality as even the other shows that were coming out months ago um writing why like i think it's clear this is just speculation but looking at this show it's like they went into filming this show with not really a clear plan on what they wanted to do with this show because this show so far we're like six episodes in nothing has happened no um and now it's a fun sitcom show but the thing is a sitcom doesn't work when it's going to be like six or seven episodes like this is a mini series. Like there has to be a story here. There has to be something happening. Nothing's really happened. We I don't know the direction they're going with this or what this character is supposed to be in this world. They haven't really made an impact at all. Right. Um, well, we've got a we've got a we've got Jen Walters, a lawyer that doesn't lawyer, and She Hulk, a Hulk that doesn't fight. A, yeah. Right. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but you yeah. were going to say, but I, yeah, like. So what is this? Um, right. It, I do like the character of Jen. I like That's watching the, her adventures. But I'm actually like, I'm so like the show is such a weird thing because I love the characters. I think they've done a good job with the casting. I, I especially like the, the uh, Tatiana Maslany that's playing Jen Walters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the uh, CGI was a lot, was way improved from what we originally saw in the trailers. Yeah. But it's just, somebody said earlier, and I don't remember who it was, uh, the YouTube channel I was watching, and they basically said it's kind of like watching SNL skits. 
<laughs> That's a great way of putting well, it. Well, specifically it's... like the like the uh, the scene you hadn't seen this week, so I won't spoil it. But there's a scene in this week's that's like. Yeah, I get, and that's what he said it in reference to, and I was like, yeah, that's what that was. That was an SNL skit. Yeah, it seems like this was a thing they went into filming, and they did not have full scripts. They had outlines written for for things and like some ideas, and it's just been kind of thrown together. And I think that's reflective in just the writing choices. And 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 lately, I've had some issues with the way that the MCU's been choosing to write things. Um, she Hulk in particular, like. I didn't get a chance to talk about it. I really hate the way they wrote Hulk at the beginning of this and just the whole She-Hulk being like, I can handle my anger better than you and 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 all that stuff. And like, or like there was this one one line in particular when She-Hulk said, Where did that get you, Bruce? Alone on a beach with no friends. And it's like, um, he had friends. They all died. Like I wish Bruce would have said that, you know, there's, there's things like that where the MCU, the MCU usually doesn't miss with things like that, where it's like, I think a character would respond in this way. I think the character should say something that this is just missing. Um, another thing, and this is nitpicking. This is nitpicking. I'm aware, but the thing is usually with the MCU, you don't have to nitpick, but right. Like, okay. Early in the show, they establish that you cannot get drunk as the Hulk. You just get buzzed, but there is a hang. You can get a hangover, right? Right. You get a hangover. In a recent episode, she had a line about how she can't get a hangover and she's taking advantage of it. But then at the part at the wedding, she got drunk. Now she wasn't She-Hulk at the time, but still she gets drunk and then throws up. So can you get drunk? Can you have a hangover? Can you not have a hangover? Which is it? What are the rules here about <laughs> drinking as the Hulk? Right. The rules don't matter about drinking as the Hulk. I don't care. But I think it's the point of like the writing's not tight. It's not. And I and I know they had a a really young writing staff for this and it, it's like come on guys, it's like you're you're Marvel. Like you can get better. You can get good writers. Like it's reminiscent of it the last season of Game of Thrones when they had Starbucks coffee in, in the shots and like water bottles. Like, no, that doesn't actually affect the quality of the show. It's just like a what are you what are you doing? Right. It's it's enigmatic of like a ship not being tightly run. You shouldn't be able to see Starbucks coffee in the shot. Um Yeah, so and and I think it's fair for a viewer to point that out. Right. You know, I can see this from several points of view. And one is that, yes, like four movies a year or three movies a year and then like three or four TV series a year. Yeah, that's probably too much for Kevin Feige to handle by himself. Like maybe you've spread it too thin. On the other hand, Kevin Feige's been there for like a decade and a half. And it seems like he ought to have people that he can trust to do the, to do make the right decisions around him by this point. You know, it it seems like he should have people that have trained up under him that can, that can handle this. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's at the, 
he's not like on location for filming every single thing that's going on with the MCU. That's right. It's ridiculous. And, and like, if I'm being honest, if he can only handle so much, like it sounds like he just hasn't been as involved with the TV side. And if he, if he's going to mostly be involved with the movie side, I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. they still, if you're going to put out four series a year, you need to put it and call it MCU material. You need to put out good stuff. And this one is is mostly about the Easter eggs. I get a couple of laughs out of every episode, but it's mm-hmm. just and, and I I like the casting. I, I think she's fantastic as She Hulk. But man, we've only got two episodes left. We haven't seen a real fight yet, and it's just nothing's happened. And yeah, it's we've we've just kind of I don't know. We've just kind of danced around and set a few things up, but yeah, I, I, I understand that they went for a very sitcom kind of feel and sometimes it works. There are some things about today's episode um, with the way the first five minutes of it are shot. That's probably some of the best shot stuff in the, um, in the series, some really great transitions. That's uh, cool. You know, some of the best stuff in the series as far as the way it's shot, but it's, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to say. I love that we're getting so many Easter eggs, but Easter eggs can't make up for not really having a cohesive story. Yeah. Where, where's the story? And like, I like the characters, but I don't really like know any of them. Like who the frick is pug? What can you tell me about pug? At this point, nothing, but one of my favorite scenes in the show so far is him and, uh, oh, whatever her aide's name is. Um, yeah. When they go to look for the, uh, when the drip broker sends them looking yeah, yeah, yeah. for, uh, yeah, the whole Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Like, yeah. that stuff's hilarious. And, and that's the thing. There's not, it's not that there's not funny stuff in here. It's that there's no meat to the story. Look, that should have been in episode two. Like we should like the stuff that was like episode like five or six, right? Yeah. The way that the show, the pacing should have been, they did that in episode two. You know what I mean? Like get to the point and, and it's okay for it to be different. It's okay for it to be like a sitcom. I like that. And in the grand scheme, we'll look back and be like, huh, remember when, when, uh, when she Hulk did this, weird different thing but like i I was about to say wandavision because i had a thought in my head of wandavision like wandavision did different stuff and i loved it because it was interesting and and it did progress a story along the way and and told a story this is just not and i think it's just the point of bringing this all up is to say that the mcu just isn't as tight as it used to be and is now being shown in blade because this is the most disastrous thing to happen to an MCU project in quite a while. This is the most disastrous thing to happen to an MCU movie, except for COVID. Yeah. I don't know if this has ever been a thing with the MCU where it's like, there's no script and they're going into right, because film, like even, filming in two months. Even Ant-Man, when Edgar Wright and Marvel parted ways, they just stepped the new guy in there and finished the film. Like, and, and there, it didn't cause any hiccups in the production schedule. Uh, in fact, Edgar Wright left, you know, he left it. They, they decided to part ways at the right time where it didn't affect any. And I just don't know, like this is, this is a shock and this is not the kind of things we, this is the kind of crap we see over at Lucasfilm. This is the kind of crap we see or at DC. DC. Yeah. And but so you're right with like the Lucasfilm f- movies. Yes. 
definitely. It's, yeah, so I don't I don't really know um, what to what to make of it. What year did they actually announce this movie? Blade. Um, it was I can't remember if it was before or after Endgame. It must have been after, right? Twenty nineteen. It was San Diego Comic Con twenty nineteen. Yeah, which is like right after Endgame. So that was that was three years ago, and they're talking another year. So probably four years, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, especially given that the announcement was made right before COVID. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are acting like Mahershal Ali is so disgruntled with the whole thing because of how long it took. But like, I, I don't know that you can blame the studio for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, look, making movies is hard. Yeah. Okay, I'm not. N- we're sitting here like saying stuff about it. Neither of us are claiming that we could jump in and do it any better. Um, we're just observing a, a change in, in, in pace to the MCU and, and a change of like quality that, that we're seeing. We, we don't claim that we could do it any better. Um, so don't, we don't mean to insinuate that at all. I get that making movies is very hard. It's hard. And it takes a lot of people and it takes a lot yeah. of people working hard. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know what I think about a director walking away that close. Um, hopefully they make an announcement pretty quick and hopefully they go get someone that's going to add some, fun. I don't want to see a blade movie that doesn't have fight scenes in it. Yeah. Like, what's the point? For sure. Yeah, for sure. It needs to be a really long fight. That'd be season. like having a Wolverine movie where, like, he only, like, you know, pulls out the claws once. Yeah, that's a shame. Right. Um, now, there is a note at the bottom of the IGN article uh, mm-hmm. about Mahershala Ali and the director, and then the director leaving that's, that does mention that uh, Chad Stileski, the. John Wick director has told Kevin Feige that he would love to direct Blade. Oh, that'd be awesome. So that's a, that's a great pick, you know, and that's the thing we could wind up with a better movie because of this. Potentially, I guess we'll never know for sure, but right. If that was what happened, then maybe, and I would love to see the director of John Wick direct a Blade movie. I think that's a great, call well right now you almost happening yeah right now you almost have to go get uh, somebody some big name to kind of rejuvenate buzz uh, Mm -hmm. about this project uh because uh the the naysayers are going to be all over this one yeah you know there's been some messiness of blade as well apparently he was he was supposed to be in werewolf by night but he will no longer be okay Uh, that's the report i read was um because there were like rumors like, oh, is he in it? But the report is that he was planned to be in it, but because of scheduling issues, they weren't able to 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 get him in it. Okay. So instead, there's Man Thing, is in Werewolf gotcha. by Night. Okay. Um, well, all accounts are that that's going to be really good. Um, I yeah, know a lot of people really have already good. seen it, and that uh, and the reactions to it were apparently really good. Yeah, that that's really exciting and. You know, they need to get the Blade thing figured out because I think that that's going to be like a pillar of the MCU. Uh, Kevin Feige seemed really hyped about it. I mean, they he announced that movie long before he announced any of the other movies going on at in that phase. Right. Um, well, that's the thing. I know they were excited about it. The fans were excited about it. 
Uh, I think they made a great casting choice. Yeah, and and I think that he sees it as like, all right, we got the Secret Wars and stuff like that, but we need something else. We need this this darker side of the MCU where we're going to have Blade right. and Moon Knight and Black Knight and potentially Ghost Rider, Go- Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider, or um, what are some other characters that could fit in? There's some other characters that could kind of fit in that world, maybe even Werewolf by Night. There's a lot of knights in in, yeah. in, in, in the Midnight Suns. Um Right. I would even love to see Doctor Strange interact with them. You know, if Doctor yeah. Strange wasn't a big name, he'd fit right into just this mystical side of it all. But obviously he's going to be on the Avengers side of, of, of the whole Maybe thing. Maybe we can see Wong on the. Uh... That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I would love to see that. Um, speaking of Wong, also one of my favorite parts of She-Hulk so far. Oh yeah, he's been great. I I don't know why, like the stuff with him and and Madison, with with one eye with, with one yeah. eye and two eyes, yeah. But it's not where you think. Yeah, uh, that stuff between them is hysterical. Like they played off each other way too well. Yeah, I love the Sopranos jokes. That was that was really good. Um, yeah, that I agree. That's been a great part of it, and Wong's just gonna keep showing up in a lot of MCU yeah. stuff. He's but yeah, He's since you're doing Nick the Fury. since you're doing the other stuff with Strange, yeah, put Wong over there. Do something with him. Scarlet Witch, put Scarlet Witch over there. Yeah, we've definitely gotten hints that she's definitely not done. No, there's no way. But yeah, so I just got this. Uh, I saw this Armor Wars tweet. Armor Wars is going to be a movie now, not a show. That's crazy, but I think I mean I'm I'm not I'm I'm happy about that. I, I think it probably knowing that. Uh, Secret Invasion is going to lead into that, right? Yeah, most likely, since since Don Cheadle will be in Secret Invasion. Honestly, I think they should have made a Secret Invasion movie, um, personally. I think that that's a thing they're going to look back on in a few years and be like, why didn't we make that an Avengers movie? Right. Well, especially you know, when pushing you've, got, shows right now. you've got Sam Jackson, like, make the freaking movie. Yeah, make the movie and, and make it an Avengers movie where you put in, like, avengers characters they should they really should have saved it in my opinion but also i think the reason they wanted to go ahead and do it is because they've been setting it up for a long time and it's like you got to pull the trigger yeah and they've been setting it up for a long time who knows how much longer sam jackson's gonna be willing to do this right he seems to enjoy it but i'm just saying i don't i don't know but i think what happened is they're like all right yes we've been setting it up but also we really want to do the whole kang thing next and then lead in the secret wars so we can't put secret invasion as the next Avengers movie. So I guess we just got to put it over here and then we're really pushing shows right now. So let's make it a show. And it's just sort of a, a circumstance of that. Yeah. Armor Wars. I think that was going to be the same thing, but now they're like, you know what? It's going to be a movie. And so it's pretty much, we're getting a war machine movie is what's happening. Yeah. Which is great. I well, wonder if they'll change the title to Iron Man Armor Wars. Just in the same way that they're taking Captain America and making a Captain America 4, but now it's with Sam Sam Wilson, I could see them making an Iron Man 4, but it's with War Machine. Yeah. Um, Now, I don't think that'll necessarily be the case because Iron Man was such a huge franchise in the MCU and Robert Downey Jr. is so tied to that that a casual audience will see the title Iron Man and if... Robert Downey Jr. is not in it, there will be a riot. So. Yeah, but I'm betting they changed the name to War Machine. 
At the, yeah, I bet I it's War Machine be Armor Wars. I think that that'd be the right call. That would be my guess, and I'm hoping that the move to a um, I'm hoping that the move to theaters instead of TV means that they're upping the budget. Mm-hmm. And it may have been that they were looking at the budget for it and realized how high the budget was going to be to do the effects for the armor for TV and went, yeah, let's just make it a movie. Because uh, at some point you've got, if, if that budget goes so high, of you're not going to make the money back on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense, especially when you're going to have a bunch of CGI Iron Man armors. Yeah, and, uh, and and moving it to theater probably increases the likelihood of getting people like Sam Rockwell back. Dear God, please, please put Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer in this movie. I am begging you, Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah, no, they they need to bring, they really need to bring him back. Yeah, at this point, they're getting the leader from incredible hulk to come back in captain america yeah um oh i'm pretty sure we're gonna see him in she hulk for the end of the series here i think it's it's very possible and then and then it's but then it's kind of weird it's like okay so he's gonna be in she hulk and then he's gonna be in captain america are we gonna get she hulk in captain america that would kind of be cool actually yeah if that's what we're gonna see her show up in a movie since it seems that her cousin is gonna be off in space uh for a while right um which I wonder what they're going to do with that because he's got to come back in time for secret wars and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it it seems like he went wherever he's going willingly. So it's going to be interesting to see where he's headed. Yeah. And if they're going to do world war hook, where are they going to put world war hook? We got too much going on right now, man, for there to be world war hook. Um, Cause that's an event. That's another thing that that's an Avengers level movie. Right. Now, I will say the thing about Secret Invasion as a as a TV show instead of a movie. Uh, I did say that right. It is Secret Invasion, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the thing about Secret Invasion is that from the trailer we saw, I've been complaining that it doesn't look like Marvel has quite figured out TV yet. Like, they've had good stuff, but it's all kind of like paced kind of weird for tv some of it has like you know moon knight had some hiccups uh she hulk's having some hiccups but it looks to me from what i've seen so far that secret invasion might be the turning point yeah i I agree with you that and i think the best big the biggest problem with the tv shows is they're too much they're too used to making movies and so yeah. you're making these TV shows and it's just not, the pacing's just not working well. Yeah, I'd say the only time they really like got a, it right. Yeah, they're what? pacing it like a movie. Yeah. And it's like, that's the too The only time long. they really got it right was like WandaVision. Yeah. Um, and I think they fumbled with the ending there a little bit, but WandaVision and then Loki. Loki's probably, if I, I right now looking back, I'd say that's probably been the best one in my opinion. And the most like a TV show. Yeah. That like paced well like a TV show. Uh, I've really liked Loki a lot. I did too. I really liked Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah, that's, yeah. Hawkeye was paced very well. Hawkeye was good, but that's another thing where it's like Hawkeye felt like a long movie, yeah. which I think is what they want out of these shows, right? But, but so I guess my my thought there is is like if you've got nine episodes 
you don't have to make three episodes your first act, three episodes your your middle act, and three episodes your final act. Like when you're taking three episodes to your to do your first act, because a lot of times you don't really get your hook till the end of mm-hmm. the first act, and that's what's happening with a lot of these shows is you're not getting your hook till like three episodes in. Yeah, and it's like that's too far. Like you need something to hook people after the first at the end of the first yeah. episode. What are they going to do of Daredevil when it's 18 episodes? Right. Holy crap. <laughs> you know what I thought was really funny? It, it, you know, Echo. Um, Echo, do you know who's writing Echo? The writers of Better Call Saul. Okay. Why aren't they writing She-Hulk? <sighs> yeah. The You know, the the Better Call Saul, one of the best lawyer TV shows ever made. And they got the writers from that and they aren't writing She-Hulk. Now they, hopefully they'll put them on Daredevil. I'd, I'd love that. I'd love to see more lawyering in, in Daredevil born again. That's, that's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to and, and hoping for. I, I, I said that at, at this point, the only thing that would make me more excited than seeing Daredevil in She-Hulk is seeing Saul Goodman show up in She-Hulk. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the writer, it's not that the writer that did this doesn't have, didn't have anything to her credit. It's just not a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's written episodes of Rick and Morty. She uh, wrote the episodes. The smartest show ever made. Do what? The smartest show ever made. The thing about Rick and Morty, and this is because Marisha and I kind of had this conversation. It's like, yes, she has Rick and Morty writer on her credit, you know, on her IMDb credits, but like, Ultimately, Dan Harmon is making the decisions at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. It, that's kind of like saying you were a writer for a family guy. Well, well, yeah, but Seth MacFarlane made all the final decisions. Yeah. Because uh, she also has Robot Chicken in her in her credits. And it's like, well, Seth Green's making all the final decisions. Yeah. What does that even mean that you wrote some episodes of the Robot Chicken? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. And And... You know, good for her, and I, I hope I hope things work out for her. I certainly don't think she's a bad writer. No, um, but I, the, but but at the same time, the biggest things on her credit list are Rick and Morty and Silicon Valley. Mm. And she only wrote Silicon two Valley. episodes of Silicon Valley. Ah, uh, interesting. You know, there's a joke amongst like people my age that. I make fun of Rick and Morty only, and I like Rick and Morty, but I make fun of it because like people, some people watch it and think that they're the smartest people ever. And like the joke is like, Oh, you wouldn't understand Rick and Morty. It's not for you. It's for smart people. So that's why I was like, (laughs) it's the smartest show ever made. So I I don't know what, I don't know what to expect. I really expect Kevin Feige is good at damage control. The few times he's had to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect a big name announcement and I expect it soon. Like, I, I think at this point with this guy off the table, like, I think he's going to go get the guy that can fix it and make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to turn around and, and I, I do. St- I still, I've built up enough faith with Kevin Feige in the MCU that I'm not like worried. Right. Um, the only thing it'll be good. my concern at this point is what, what this does to the schedule. Yeah, uh, because knowing how important schedules are 
for, you know, I don't know what other projects they were considering putting Blade in. It might not be a big deal if it's pushed six months. Um, mm-hmm. It was supposed to come out next November, though. Oh, geez. And so at this point, I don't even know if they have a script. And it's very possible that when they bring the new director in, he's going to say, nope, we're redoing this script. Yeah. Um, and, and also at this point, I'm a little concerned that the next thing we're going to hear is that Mahershala Ali has walked. Oh, no. At that point, let's just get Wesley Snipes. Yeah, the only problem is we'll I don't think anybody wants to work Blade. with... I don't think anybody wants to work with Wesley Snipes no. anymore. No, they don't want to work with a guy who referred to himself in the third person as Blade for the entirety <laughs> of Blade 3. <laughs> yeah. He, because while they were like, there, while there were rumors about Blade, he was out, he was saying like outwardly and often and loudly, hey, I want to come back as Blade. And like Kevin Feige just like had to ignore him. Well, that's like this new thing where actors, like it's the new cool thing to ask people in interviews. Would you ever want to do an MCU movie? And it's like, who says no? Like, who's going to say yeah. no? Because everybody was like, because a couple of weeks ago, it was like Kim Kardashian says that she would love to take a break from her empire to do an MCU movie. It's like. I'm sure she would. I, I'm I'm sure she would. Like, yeah. who yeah, would It's like, I'll and, take a break and go do an MCU movie. I don't know about <laughs> you, David. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a cool thing for actors to say like, Hey, Twitter, do your thing. Make me, um make me put i want to be this character let's make it happen right you know because they've seen that like that was and that's a danger of doing things like with john krasinski is now you don't fans and actors thinking they have too much power it can just be like because now like kiki if kiki palmer doesn't get cast as rogue at this point um it's gonna be well what the heck we said that's who you should cast right um you know, potentially same thing with John Krasinski uh, from some people and, and, and other big fan castings, which, I mean, I'm not, I don't think Kevin Feige is necessarily worried about it, but uh, I think that is a thing that I've seen play out now where it's like fans and actors will actors like this to go in interviews and be like, I would love to play this character. Let's make it happen. Twitter. And it results in hurt feelings when that's not, when that's not what ends up happening. Personally, I think Kiki Palmer would be a, a pretty fun rogue. Um, I could see it. I don't know why it works for me, but it does, but that's just me. That's another topic, but yeah, just throw it out there. I'll have to see. I, I'm still not sure that we're getting like real big name mutants for a couple more years. No. So. And there's rumors right now that like, apparently there's some craziness with the Fox contracts that rolled over that they can't use those characters. They can't recast a lot of those characters until like 2025 or something. Well, that fits the timeline, right? Yeah. That fits the timeline for what they've announced. Because we would assume that we're not getting any big mutant stories until after uh, the next two Avengers films, which are 2024? Or Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, 20, yeah. And, and especially if, if you're doing Secret Wars and you get Hugh Jackman in there, that's enough mutant for me to make it. I'll be okay with that. You know, I'm not going to be upset. Like where's Cyclops and secret wars. Like I won't be upset about it. Wolverine, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine will fill that, that void for me. If you get him in the secret wars. Yeah. And then after that, and I think it's smart of them to say big mutants because 
well, here's what, what happened after Endgame. A lot of people were like, wow, the MCU's over. What's going to happen after Secret Wars, the next big one? Oh, well, the MCU's over. That does it. Right. But now they've got the mutants in their back pocket and they can get another 10 years out of that. Yeah. No, I mean, the you can almost like, it's almost like just hitting the reset switch when you start with the mutant stuff. Yeah, that, that might as well be phase two, actually. It might as well have been that everything from Iron Man to Secret Wars was just phase one. Phase two is the mutant. But yeah, I mean, we, we haven't even seen the Fantastic Four yet. They've got mutants in their back pocket. Like We've still got tons of Doom, Annihilus, Galactus, the Silver Surfer. Right. Like, There's... We've got phases left that we could go for, man. We're good. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's... This stuff can run another 20 years if they want and, it to. And then after the mutants, after mutants are established, we can have a House of M story. And there's a whole House of M movie. And then we can continue that into doing other things. Like, let's get another, let's get Civil War 2. Yep. Where we can, let's have a whole phase that is a Civil War. Let's, let's do Civil War right this time and et cetera. Like, there's, there's, off the top of my head, I got 20 more years worth of movies. <laughs> right. The yeah. MCU's fine. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you were going to feel, I, I mean, obviously, I think the movies in Phase 4 overall aren't as good as what we've grown accustomed to. But at the same time, like, you go back and look at Phase 1, like, it wasn't all, like, masterpieces or anything. Yeah. And, and when you, coming off of Endgame, like, you were going to have to, like, back down a little bit. You couldn't keep escalating it forever. Right. And, and I think that that's a great point. It's like, what do you, what do you want? You, if we do like the, the bit, you can't make the biggest movie every single time you make a movie. Yeah. You can't make the biggest movie ever four times a year. Yeah. 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 Disney tries though. They, they do. They try, but you know, it's like, even when you look at their, their studios that only put out a movie every like two or three years, like, you know, they they try to top themselves every time, but you just can't do it every time. Mm-hmm. It's got to give it the old try and, and, and do your best, and hopefully it works out for you. But, you know, you got to manage your expectations correctly. Um, do you think ever in the history of film, this is off the top of my head, do you think it is possible that one day we will get a Star Wars Marvel crossover on film? Uh I, I At what point does Disney get desperate enough? I don't see any reason for them to get desperate enough to do that for a very long time. Yo, I'm, this has got to be like at least 60 years in the future. If you give them a few more decades, and who knows what they'll do. Um, but I, I kind of doubt it. I, I think that it would... It, it's, it, right now, they're so determined to stay immersive with the Star Wars stuff. It just would totally ruin the the kind of illusion of this fantasy world. Oh, I 100% galaxy. don't think it's a good idea. But I think it's but garbage. But Disney gets desperate enough 30, 40 years down the road? Yeah, they might try it. Well, look, they've already done it in comic books. True. Um, there, there are comic book crossovers. It, canonically speaking, in the Marvel Universe... Uh, when people have seen like Bigfoot, it's 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 Chewbacca. Like people saw Chewbacca in the woods, and now they've seen Bigfoot. I don't know. That's <laughs> canonical. Not like in the main. There are there is a Marvel universe in which that is the case. 
Um, right. It's not. It's not like the main canon of any of this of the Star Wars movies or or the Marvel six one six. But um, I just think that's a funny point. But yeah, I mean, we we I think it's possible we get that one day. Now um, I think that maybe sooner than thirty forty years down the road, I think maybe you get something kind of off the wall that's very like Ready Player One ish. Ooh, that's a good point. Where you can now you've got all these studios and you can kind of throw them all in the in the sandbox together. A Fortnite movie, <laughs> right? Please no. Um, I, there's, I am, I would put if I was a betting man, I'd put money down that we're gonna get a Fortnite movie eventually, and it's gonna have a lot of big crossovers. Or like Space Jam is a great example. Where like Space Jam was Warner Brothers having all their franchises with different stuff crossing over. I could see Disney doing something like that one day. But it would be like, you know, it'd be R2-D2 and C-3PO are in it. And so is Wong. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I don't know. But I can see something like that being done. Um, Something like they, I mean, they've kind of done with the Lego movies. Yeah. Where you yeah, kind of where you kind of throw every you kind of throw all your toys in this in the same sandbox and and mm-hmm. do that I, I can see something like that but as far as like a actual like Star Wars movie where Marvel people show up or a Marvel movie where Star Wars people show up I hope that I never see it I agree I never want to see that that is a fever dream type thing. That's like the dream I had one time where like Lightning McQueen showed up in the X-Men movies. <laughs> I don't need to see that. I want to see, well, I, I would like to see Quicksilver versus Lightning McQueen. There we go. With Rascal Flats playing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I just, but, I just, at this point, I just want to see a speedster in Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, well, we got them for like a set. Well, we've we got that Eternal Girl. Now we had Quicksilver, but he's dead. Oh, then, we do have it. We have we have, we have uh, the Nakari. What is her name? The Eternal. Yeah, I'm not sure of her name. I just know her as Bonnie from Walking Dead. Okay. Because she's actually a deaf actress. It's Macari. Yeah, it's Macari. She was at Dragon Con this year, but we didn't cool. get to make it to any of her panels. Oh, I would have gone to that. I would have met her if I, if I had the chance. She's, no, she's, I would have loved really to. It was just, we didn't get to do everything. It, it's hard to do everything you want to at Dragon Con, but I, I would have loved to have gone to one of her panels. Yeah. She seems really interesting, and she's great uh, on Walking Dead. That's where I would have wanted to meet her. I don't give a crap about Eternals, but Walking Dead... Yeah. Uh, I would say we could talk about our, our con experiences, but we're running pretty over at that. We're, we've got a long show at this point, don't we? Yeah, we're we're at about an hour, hour and ten. Right. We're at an hour and ten minutes. That'll let it down to an hour. Gotcha. Um, do you want to uh, wrap it up or let, let's or let's just say or? we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it in in twenty minutes and let's talk cons. Okay, because yeah, I want to yeah. hear about the one. I want to hear about the uh, the the con. What what did you go to? Is it? Um... I, I went to Memphis Comic Con, okay. which apparently, according to my father, is actually is a fan expo con. 
Okay. So it's, it's Memphis it was Comic it's, Expo. Memphis Comic Expo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like the subtitle is Comic Creators Con because it was very comic creator focused. So I went to uh, Memphis Comic Expo this past weekend, and it was pr- a pretty small con size-wise, but it had some pretty big names there in comics. Uh, the two biggest ones, in my opinion, were Mark Wade and Scott Snyder. So, yeah, I went to this con, and you can basically imagine – just you know the section of like the big con like fan expo or new Orleans comic con that has just a bunch of comics in long boxes it's that okay and then also artist alley and that's really it it's very comic focused and then they had a little section that was just where all the creators were i'm trying to think of a, a good size to compare it to it was it was probably about half the size of like Wizard World Comic Con, and, and I'm I'm saying that because I know Andrew's been there to Wizard World Comic Con, so he could yep. get a, a visual of that. It was a lot of fun. I only did one day because it, it wasn't that big, but it was a lot of fun just digging through long boxes looking for comics and going through a couple panels with just comic creators answering questions and stuff. Well, the biggest takeaway I had this weekend was I got to meet Mark Wade, who, in my opinion, is potentially the greatest living comic book writer mark mark wade has done a lot he has written for marvel and dc he's written daredevil um he's written fantastic four he's written uh right now he's currently writing a batman superman book and his biggest claim to fame i think and the reason i wanted to meet him mainly and, and what i got autographed was kingdom come uh kingdom come in my opinion is the greatest graphic novel ever written and he wrote it and I got it autographed and he is probably the nicest guy I've ever met at a con. And I've said that a lot, a lot of people, but I just had an absolute blast talking to him. So he's so funny and so nice. And I went to his panel before meeting him and someone asked him about Zack Snyder's justice league. And, um, well, let's just say he doesn't like that movie, which means I really like him. <laughs> um, and, and my dad who loves Zack Snyder's all of Zack Snyder's DC work was like rolling his eyes the whole time. And I was like, no, nah, this is great. Um, but then after the panel, uh, I, I went and there was nobody at his booth at that moment. So I went up to him and got it signed. He, dude, he was giving out free autographs. That's awesome. It was two free autographs per person and then $5 for every autograph after that. That's amazing because you don't see that very often. No. The, in fact, no. the last time I remember seeing someone at a at a decent-sized con doing that was at Wizard World New Orleans, and it was the Russo Brothers. Russo Brothers were giving out free autographs? Yep. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, it was free. I was, I was prepared to pay like 60, 80 bucks for it. Like this is what I expected. Cause he's that big of a writer in the comic world. Um, but I wouldn't call him a superstar. You know, there's, there are these things called superstar artists and writers, which just means at the moment they are big. Right. Like right now, Tom King is really, really big. And Scott Snyder is really, really big. And Scott Snyder, who I didn't get, I didn't get to meet him, but I did go to his panel. And he was really, really nice, and he was seemed really, really cool. Same for Greg Capullo, um, the artist that works with Scott Snyder. They wrote uh, Batman Court of Isles, okay. uh, for reference. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yeah. Um, I, fig- I figured you've probably heard of Court of Isles. They wrote that. Um, but yeah, it was 
free autographs and it blew my mind i mean he had a big tip jar that was filling up which i threw a dollar uh a dollar or two into um but yeah it was great and he was so nice and we just talked for a bit about comic books and i gushed a little bit i was like i love this book thank you for writing it i think it's so important blah 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 and then we just started talking about superman and he was talking about how um the idea that Superman is not relatable, he called it BS. And he just went on this whole thing about how like, maybe Superman isn't relatable, but you know who is Clark Kent and Clark Kent is Superman. Um, that is the, the, the person Clark Kent is not a persona that he puts on. Um, no, it's who Clark he can Kent, be when he doesn't have on the Cape. Yeah. And he is very relatable. And then so is Superman. And he was talking about how he loves the idea of Superman and Batman being friends. They are friends. Um, and, and yeah, he was just a joy to talk to. And and I really had a great time. So big shout out to Mark Wade. Um, that was a great comic experience. It made the trip all worth it. And then the only other notable thing that happened was I found a booth that was selling a bunch of weird Star Wars posters. <laughs> That um <laughs> that I sent you pictures of Andrea yeah. I sent you the Revenge of the of the Jedi poster, yep. which is really cool. And then I don't remember if I showed you this one or told you they had it, but they had the the poster for Star Wars: A New Hope that was used in Hong Kong. Oh, really? So it's like all in Chinese. Yeah. And so I bought that. That's awesome. I mean, obviously, it wasn't like an original, it was right? Just like no, a, but that's still awesome. I've seen was, that one. It's, it's yeah. a cool poster. It was it was super cool. So that's going up in my living room. So that was just really fun. And then there were some other cool artists and stuff that I got to just see and and look at their stuff. The creator of the crow was there. Okay, so that was really cool. Yeah, your dad had to call me to ask me which poster he should buy. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, that was <laughs> funny. Yeah, he so he ended up getting three. You know, New Hope, right. Empire, and and Return of the Jedi to, to right. hang up. Yeah, he was like, okay, so I found this Star Wars poster and this Star Wars poster. Which one should I buy? And I was like, I'm sitting in the line at Wendy's and you're at Comic-Con. Like, I don't want to talk funny. to you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, but, but speaking of cons, you were at Dragon Con recently. I was uh, just a few weeks ago, almost, I guess almost a month ago now. Gosh, it doesn't seem like it's already been a month. I was so glad to be back. We had not been since 2019. Uh, Of course, there was no 2020 Dragon Con. And then they were still being so strict with some of the rules last year. We just opted not to go because I decided I'd rather not go than go and risk not having fun. Yeah. So we waited. Uh, we went back this year. I'm so glad we went. Uh, it was so good to be back at Dragon Con. Um, as everybody's heard me go on and on about it on here before, it is hands down my favorite convention. It is a, it is, it's just so different than any other convention. And I, I say this all the time, but I'll say it again. If you like going to cons, put it on your bucket list. Um, you need to go to it at least once. Although I suspect if you go once, you'll want to go every year, but it was fun. Like um, I got to go to a, so we were there of course, during the uh, launch during the, when the, the first two episodes of rings of power actually dropped during dragon con. So, there was a lot of buzz about it at the con. Uh, apparently they were going to have a premiere at Dragon Con 
And Amazon, for some reason, waffled on it at the last minute and didn't let them do it. Mm. Uh, and I'm not sure what happened there. But because of that, John Howe, who is one of the one of the two biggest Lord of the Rings illustrators out there, was there. He was there for the premiere. I don't even think he was on the guest list. And so we ended up getting to go hear him speak in a panel and he was very instrumental in designing the look for this new, uh, for, for both the Lord of the Rings movies and for this show. And, uh, so it was really, really great getting to, to hear him talk. We went to some really good panels. The Stargate panels were, were okay, but I almost feel like it's been so long since Stargate's been on that some of those actors are just kind of like, this is old hat and they're not like super excited to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. But we, there were, some of it was good. Uh, probably the best panel I went to was, uh, we went to two panels for the Orville, which were, had some of the actors from the Orville there. It was fantastic. We still haven't gotten renewed for a season four on the Orville, but I don't know if it was just trying to manifest it or if they don't know, or if they know something huh. we don't, but all three actors, talked about season four like it was a definite thing oh that's awesome so you know i i, I don't know what will end up happening with that one but the the actors for that one that was kind of the opposite of the stargate they were so excited and happy to be there but their stuff's all very new and very fresh nice um, and so um those panels were great uh the, the kids won uh the big Sunday night masquerade for the, the children's division again this year. Mm -hmm. uh, they won it in 2019, the last time we were there. Uh, Thanks, Marisha. Right. Marisha's not here to talk about it, but uh, that that's a big reason why. And, uh, next year, they will move up to the uh, the youth division. Nice. So, uh, But they got a good shot at winning that one, too. So hopefully they'll... Uh, do well uh but mm -hmm. I, I fully intend to go back next year it just it was it's it was still a little bit smaller they still didn't sell quite the maximum number of tickets but i think i saw where it was still around seventy-five thousand people it was a blast as always i i've never been to dragon con and not had a great time next year i'm gonna do a better job about scheduling where i am and and get to more of the things i want to get to this mm -hmm. year it was Honestly, after not having been there for three years, we kind of just did a lot of like aimless walking around and looking at stuff. Yeah, just reacquainting yourself with the con. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it looks awesome. Um, me and my dad both really want to go with you one year. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd love for y'all to come. Like that, that would be great. And I'm I'm constantly badgering a lot of our Red Five people about coming as well. Yeah. I definitely would like to a lot. That sounds great. So yeah, definitely positive con experiences all around. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to New Orleans Fan Expo in January. I'm hoping that it's bigger than than last year's. I'm sure it will be. I think things are starting to get back to normal with that stuff. Yeah. Speaking of, I don't know if it's just like I don't know if this is just totally lying to me. I don't know what the odds of me clicking on this during the show were. But I clicked on New Orleans Fan or Fan Expo New Orleans a minute ago, and it says that the early bird pricing for this year's tickets ends tonight at midnight. Oh, uh, 
<laughs> one of the pri- early bird price. They're like twenty dollars less a ticket. So, oh, that's tempting, <laughs> right? They're like so seventy dollars, sixty nine dollars for the weekend instead of eighty nine. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, nice. So I wasn't planning I might... on buying. I wasn't planning on buying Fan Expo New Orleans tickets tonight, but looks like I might be. Yeah, I'm about to say after I log off here, I might uh I might have to ponder that for. Well, I got <laughs> I got two hours. Yeah. To figure it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that can about wrap us up for the show. Unless you have anything else you want to say about cons. No, or... I I think that's it. At some point, we may come back if you want to kind of flesh out some thoughts on any of that and come back and do a full con episode at yeah. some point. But hey. uh, we're going to be at Fan Expo New Orleans this year too. So. Uh, maybe Why hasn't we can there been a Star stuff. Trek convention called the Wrath of Khan? <laughs> I don't know, but there should have been. There should be. I'm. I got to write that down. Uh, I'm not joking. I am typing this down right now. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I had planned on making like a video about Memphis, but it was so small that I, I didn't really see a, a point to it. And so I just wanted to enjoy the con. I am looking forward to New Orleans and, and, and many cons to come. I do love myself a good comic con. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, everybody. Don't forget to leave us a like, a comment, a subscribe, a review, a rating, whatever it is you can do on your preferred podcast platform. Andrew, where can people find you on the Internet? All right, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can find us over at the Science Fictionary YouTube channel where we do our reviews of, our, our weekly reviews of a lot of ongoing television series. Um, and, and hopefully I, I, I'm kind of trying to ever expand that content. And we've had three live streams already this week. So um, yeah, it's great. So m- more and more coming over there. Um you can drop us a line at the science fictionary at gmail.com, or you can go over to our website, the science and click the leave a message link at the bottom of the page where you can actually leave us an audio message. And if it's relevant, we may use it during the show. Uh, you can also go to the science and click the Parsec fan awards link at the top of the page to leave your nominations for the 2022 Parsec fan awards. And last but not least, you can find our podcast as well as all of the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at Red 5 Network on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. I am David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter, where you can find me tweeting about uh, how you should cook food. Uh, spoilers, don't use recipes. Just use your feeling. Be a man. And other fun stuff. And Marisha, if she was here, she would tell you that her Twitter is uh, P underscore Padawans. That's right, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and she would also mention how she doesn't tweet a lot, but you should follow her anyway. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe, etc. I really hope that Morbius shows up in Blade. So with that being said, it's Morbin time. <laughs>